And we are live today with Living the Guide Life. Um, been doing some fishing around. We're up in Bemidji with a good buddy of mine um, from high school. And we're doing really well. The walleyes were biting anywhere from 9 to 12 feet. And uh, really good morning. Um, early bite. I think we caught 46. And uh, can't complain. So good start to the year for walleye fishing. And was out doing some smallmouth fishing last night. That wasn't too bad in itself. And yeah, so can't really complain on this time of year. Really going to start getting into summer here. And uh, we'll watch those walleyes dig deeper and start to use lindy rigs and stuff like that around here in Minnesota. Um, just dragging a leech or dragging a fathead, whatever that is. Um, and so... Excited for that time of year. That's always fun. That's my favorite way to fish them is dragging a leech. Um, you just can't beat it. It's, uh, it's a walleye killer. So that's what's on the schedule for us. And brought to you by Chasing Fowl Outfitters. Come get in on a hunt. Uh, I'd love to have you guys. And shoot me a message. We'll be at Game Fair this year. So make sure to keep an eye out for that. And Game Fair should be really fun. I'm super excited about it. Um, didn't have it last year. And a bunch of big names will be there. And it'll just be a really good time. So can't complain on that aspect of Game Fair. And we're very excited to be part of it for our first year. Um, I've always gone there. Just never had uh, the opportunity to be a part of it. So it's exciting. And yeah. But I'm going to let Bourbon Media speak on their topic a little bit. And here you go. If you're a small business owner in the outdoor industry, we get it. The words digital marketing can be intimidating. You're a grunt work, sweat it out, bust your chops kind of person who's addicted to progress and put all of your time and energy into operating your business. We at Bourbon Media can help you push it even further. We're digital marketing experts. I'm talking web development, content creation, social media management, SEO, paid advertising, the whole nine yards. And as fellow outdoorsmen, we know the industry. Keep your business up to date and expand your reach with digital marketing that is directed at your core market. We are Bourbon Media. Cheers to progression. And that wraps things up for Bourbon Media. Um, great deal that we got going on. Um, really exciting stuff that we're going to be doing here in the upcoming future. And I'm excited for you guys to check it out. So keep an eye out for it and, uh, keep a lookout. So, but today we have Wade Shoemaker on, um, straight out of Louisiana and does a bunch of content creation, goes out over at Dry Creek and helps out over there during, uh, the season for about 30 days in Texas. And, uh, Kind of gives us the rundown on what it's like to be a creator and what it takes and all the nitty gritty stuff about it, man. Because if you really want to do it, you got to make sure you really want to do it. And we dig into all that kind of stuff on economics and all different things with being a creator and, you know, what it takes. And, you know, if you half ass things, you aren't going to. You aren't going to get where you want to go. So this is a great episode for, you know, people listening that want to hear about more of the content creation side of things, as well as we talk about a ton of honey. I mean, we're talking about Texas hunting, his traveling all around the country. And I mean, so 
super fun to uh, get to s- discuss with him. And I hope you guys really enjoyed this one. And before we end off, make sure to go subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Write a review. I love when uh, you guys write reviews. That way I know what I can work on or if I'm doing something well and you guys like to see something or whatever that is, make sure to write that review and join our closed group as well as our Facebook. So that way you can get more of the updates on things while they're coming along and it's going to be a fun, fun time. So hope you guys uh, enjoy this one. And we are live with living the guide life today, and we have Wade Shoemaker here with uh, does some content creation, and then as well as recycled rhetoric um, is his company that yeah, he's yeah. starting up. And we'll just go from there. So, Wade, how you doing? Good, buddy. How you doing? Just uh, doing well. It's finally getting warm in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, that's what I hear. Yeah, but I mean, it was like. I mean, we were working outside yesterday doing some window installation. It was it was warm. It was like eighty five yesterday. Mm, that's not bad. That's I think it was eighty three here the couple days. And then we had a cold front come through. Yeah. You know, a cold front. Yeah. Um, but it's been about that down here. I'm just waiting on that that hundred degree day to start popping down on us and making us wish. You know, we live somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah, no. Uh, what do you guys uh do mostly during the summers down there? Like sweat? Yeah. Um <laughs> no. Uh honestly dude, like we we fish as much as we can. Um a lot of yard work. Yeah. For me, I mean, but most people just fish, dude. Like that's about the only thing to do down here that, that I'm aware of. Maybe I'm just a very like un I don't know, I'm just not a very fun person, but fish play play baseball if you have you know kids or if you, you still think you've got it you yeah. don't realize you're washed up has been um you can do that too but summertime there ain't a whole lot down here bud and you know you can kill a few snakes yeah but about it and what part of louisiana are you from like what uh, part of the state so the north uh you know where let's see i-20 runs like basically texas all the way across Louisiana into Mississippi. Yeah. And I'm dead center of I-20. Like, if you you put a middle point of, you know, Ruston, Louisiana? I think so, yeah. Um, Louisiana Tech University. Yep. Anyway, dead center. I'm I'm 15 minutes south of that. And there's okay. Shreveport's an hour from me and West Monroe's an hour from me. Okay. Have you lived there your entire life then? Most of them. I was born, born here, and then I moved to West Monroe for – like four years. Okay. And that's where I met uh, my wife and a bunch of other like cool new friends yeah. that I didn't know I could have. And then I moved back here when I got married because my wife ended up getting a job at a school board, at our school board mm. in the parish. So we have parish down here, not county. So at yeah. the parish school board, um, it was weird because I thought I was never coming back. And then <laughs> here I am. Here you are. You know, Absolutely. Living it up in the town that I ran away from. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd love to dig into your story on how you got all into the hunting industry and all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah. Let's do it, dude. Yeah. So, what kind of, what brought you into that path of 
the hunting industry you grow up hunting and just kind of yeah hopped on a camera uh, no it's weird I don't, it's really kind of hard it's not an, it's like not a there's a fly it's not an easy answer it's not a hard one either but for me it was like i hunted growing up just like yeah. most kids that lived in the sticks right like yeah. we just it's, it was like you you were expected to hunt i guess if you didn't hunt you were the weird kid yeah um but but anyway so we did it my, but we did like squirrel hunting and mm-hmm. and deer hunting and i mean and it was very very shallow understanding we just went walked through the woods shot you know shot in the tree and whatever but um growing up i didn't that's all i did so then i would shoot some wood ducks on the creek because we had a creek that ran through my grandparents property and and we would just walk up to the creek. We got so so much into it that my grandpa would go back there with a rake and rake away the leaves off the trail to the creek, and then go back with a broom and 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 sweep off the other stuff. Yeah. So we could sneak up on the creek bins and not crack leaves and sticks to sneak up on the wood duck. Yeah. Um, he got into it, and and we <laughs> shot, we we shot probably more wood ducks than we should have some days, but, um. But we did that, and and then I saw that was cool, and I, you know, I don't know. We started duck hunting when I was like nineteen, but it was like my buddy saw me in town one night, like because we used to do the loop. But yeah. that was the cool thing when I was growing, you know, back in the Stone Age, and we would do the <laughs> loop. And he was like, "Hey, do you want to go duck hunting in the morning?" Like, Heck yeah, you know. I don't. What what does that mean? You know, I walk up to a creek, shoot them. Yeah. He was like, well, you need waiters and this and that. I was like, well, I got a gun and uh, I can get some steel shot, but I don't have waiters. And uh, and down here, and I'm sure it's the same in a lot of places, but like your warm, your warm clothes are your camo. Like yeah. I, di- I didn't even know they made solid color warm clothes until I was older, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> just, just didn't. you went anywhere you went. Like, it didn't matter if it was a wedding or like some kind of event. If you dr- you could have like, some just some just fire like clothes on but yeah. you've got like a mossy oak jacket on to, <laughs> to stay warm yeah and you know it just is what it is dude so did that and um i went and i was 19 and my buddy he was 18 i think he had just graduated high school uh or maybe he was still i don't remember it's been way too long ago now but anyway we went on some public land and uh it, the hunt I mean, being honest, it was, it, it sucked. It was terrible. Yeah. Um, the, the waders that I borrowed were too small. Like they were these, these plastic ones. And then I put on some boots. I was like, I got boots cause they were like stocking foot waders, but very, very poorly constructed stocking foot waders. <laughs> and they, I put this other boot on, on top of them. The boot was a half size too small for me, but I was like, I can wear that. No problem. But what I didn't realize is with the stocking foot waiter on, it made it like another half size too small. So yeah. Anyway, we were there all day, freezing cold. Shot one bird, left, and my toes, my toes paid for it. But <laughs> my buddy swore up and swore up and down that I shot the bird. Whether I did or didn't, that's you know behind us. But I I loved it, and I just it was a green wing teal, and like right there, dude, like this one little green wing teal with little freckles on its chest, like sealed the deal yeah and that's when i started duck hunting anyway fast forward i've you know i've been duck hunting for a few years and um and i i just started realizing there was a world or that, that like you could network and and connect with these people across the country and 
and, and do cool things with companies or represent companies and things like that. And, and I wanted to be a part of it. So I started like figuring out what fit best. And after I got over the excitement of like, cause I went through the thing where like, if, you know, I just want to be in, you know, if whoever will take me. And then yeah. I realized real quick, that was a terrible approach. Um, cause people around here where I'm from didn't do that, you know, like uh-huh. nobody. Yeah. So I had nobody to like bounce ideas off of. And, and I started off, um, I guess I could have started the story here instead of rambling about a, terrible duck hunt um but <laughs> sorry no, that, um, hey, the history where it all yeah became. i'm sorry about that yeah it does <laughs> but it just uh, it gets out of hand sometimes but um so I, i'm i found this company called dakota decoy don't know if you ever heard of them right yep. but <laughs> but anyway found this company and i was like dude this this decoy is the best decoy on the market right now because they had just come out with their flock head yeah and at that point they were the first ones to make floaters with blocked heads. Mm. Like, yes, this is like a decade ago, bro. Like yeah. this is, this is a while ago and they were incredible. And I was like, man, it just, I don't know how it gets any better. So I, I filed, I applied for their field staff application and uh, they accepted me. And I thought I had arrived. Like I thought, holy crap. Like I'm, I'm just going to go do some shows. I'm just going to do cool stuff. You yeah. know, little did I know that that was just like, Hey, here's a discount. Make sure you share everything that we post and high five, you know, uh, but so I did that, but, but what I realized quick, quicker into that was the network. Like your value is, is in the network that you create while you're with these people. Right. Yeah. And that's where you get your value from and the discounts or whatever. That's the thing. But like, I realized I need the network. So I did. And then I, um, back then the grind was, a was, a um, a new show. And it was Rig'em Ride, it was Dakota Decoy. And they were like the two power players for that. And I think Pro Drive was a part of that too. Yeah. But Rig'em Ride was thought that I want to be with Rig'em Ride because they're the coolest. Like they make the best bags. They make these cool slip slide weights that whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so I applied and I accepted it. And they, they accepted me. And I remember one guy on the Dakota staff was like, why did you do that? You already get a discount from them. And I was like, but it's not about that. And then anyway, long story short, the Dakota decoy thing ended and then I'm still with Rig'em Right, And that's become a relationship like with the company, with Matthew, who, who owns the company, with yeah. people in that staff. Like, so it escalated from there. Um, and, and I think I think Rig'em Right is probably a big part of. A big part of where my platform is now, mm-hmm. because they've let they, they allow me to do my first show. And and they sent me other places to do other things and made me, you know, before we started recording, I told you like, don't make me cooler than what I am. And they, yeah. they helped me be cooler than what I am, you know, by sending me places and Hey, look at this guy and put me on the front, like in a Bass Pro Shop, like yeah. newspaper flyer yeah. and got me redneck famous and all that good stuff. <laughs> so, you know, but that's part of it. Um, but that, as far as the industry, that's how that started. And then the camera came along and man, it just kind of exploded for me um, in a good way, I yeah. think. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the background of that. And dude, I guess that I don't, it's an easy answer, but I don't have a good one. Yeah. So there, there's, it's so many variables in there that, that even I can't put the pieces together, but it happened and, and, and I'm here. So I'm thankful for it. Yeah, absolutely. And you were talking about your network. Um, my dad always says your network is your net worth. 
um, who you know. He's right. And not what you know. Like He's right. That's yep. the biggest and I'll thing. Add, I'll add to that because your dad's a thousand percent correct. It's not what you know. It's who you know that gets you there. But it's what you know that keeps you there. Yeah. So, like, you can get a job or a position or a that you do not deserve. But good luck keeping it or getting a call back if you suck at it. Yeah. So be good, do your thing, but you better shake some hands while you're while you're making your round for sure. Yeah. Oh, for absolutely. Sure. Yeah. And I started doing some work with Pro Drive. Um, that seems like a yep. pretty cool deal going on over there. They have some sweet motors. They they've got some good stuff, dude. Like they've they've been around for a while, and and they've they've reached out to. Um, I say reached out. I think I think it was more of a connection made. But either way, um, I do. I, I had a boat for three years. I sold it. My new one is actually being built right now. Oh wow! But we did. Some, we've done some uh, a lot of content creation for them. Uh, there's some. You know, we help with social media channels. Uh, there's two or three of us actually. M- myself, a guy named uh, Hunter Marcel, and then another guy named Brandon Harper, okay. who does some stuff there. And then we've got a a girl that does. Uh, the Facebook stuff. Her name's Rebecca Law, and she helps with that. But man, it's it's done well. I mean, three years ago or four, almost four now, we we come on board, and there was like I think sixteen thousand followers on the page or twelve. Yeah. Sixteen, sixteen or twelve, may have been twelve thousand. It was not a lot as far as like what a what a company that size should be running, right? Yeah. Um, and three years into it, like now we're over forty thousand. Yeah, followers and and that's no sponsored or boosted ads. Like it's all make a post and just let it ride. So that's all organic. There's nothing nothing crazy going on there. It's just exploded um, yeah. in a way that it should have done years ago. But now that we're helping, it's done well. And they've got something to show. Man. They have nothing to prove. They have everything to show because, um, in my opinion, like that's just the people behind the brand. I've yeah. seen them behind the scenes do things four people and go out of their way to make sure everybody's got everything they need. I mean, he's overnight. I had a my PTO switch went out and he overnighted me a switch. Oh, wow. Like, I called him at like, I think it was like lunch and yeah. he's like, okay, I'll get it in the mail. And I'm thinking, well, I'm done for, you know, the rest of the week. Yeah. And then like the next morning, my PTO switch shows up and he's like, I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> stuff like that, dude, like he didn't have to do that. Yeah. You know, like he above and beyond. I, out of their way and it's just it's incredible man i i'm thankful for them and and the things that they do and and i'm excited to see what happens in the next few years because they've got something that everybody knows about but nobody speaks about um that's going to change uh that whole that whole market going to change when this happens and you'll see i can't that's all i can say but when it comes out you're going to be like holy crap yeah this is wild but it's going to be exciting and I'm, i'm glad to be a part of it yeah. Yeah. Just, I wish I could say it. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm pumped about it, but I, I, I can't. So yeah. we'll see what happens. But you'll, you'll be, you'll see it like, golly. So yes. No. Yeah. I hear you. And then like, I'm going to stop because it's going to slip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's, that's sweet. And then like you're talking about just how they helped you out. I mean, that's what keeps people loyal and keeps people coming back. Yeah. I mean, customer service is everything. No, I agree, dude. Yeah, you take care of the people that take care of you. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then I wanted to uh, ask more about your recycled rhetoric. 
what's uh what's what's yeah. that looking like uh man so it's kind of a it started out as you know i thought i had to have a, a company yeah when i started doing all this like a brand or something like that and i recycled rhetoric was a like it just came to me in a thought and um I feel like it's probably a little bit more involved than what a, a company name should be. I could have just been like Wade Shoemaker Creative or Media or something. But um, but I came into that and it was uh, basically I had a thought and it was it started out as a local thing. But now I have no, like one local client. But um, it started out as like I want to take everything these people have that they're doing and make it better, which was just why they would need my help is to help them do more. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's where the recycled part, like take what they have and make it better. But the rhetoric rhetoric by definition is a persuasive speech. That's, that's what it is. Yeah. So I'm going to take what they had, make it better and turn it into a persuasive speech or a persuasive ad or content or whatever. Um, I didn't want to change what they were doing like make a 180, but I did want to take it and make it better. And that's where that come from. Okay. Um, but it's been kind of quiet just because, um, I guess because I realized that my name carried more weight than, than like a brand name. Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. weird saying yeah. that because I feel weird talking about it, but, um, so that's what that is. That's actually the whole idea behind why I even started this company or this content creation is because I thought I want to, I want to do what recycled rhetoric is, is says it does. Yeah. And uh, it just kind of took a back seat because nobody was calling looking for recycled rhetoric. You know, it was this recycled rhetoric they were calling looking for me. Yeah. So I, I took that as a note with, I'm going to have to build up a little bit more before I can launch a, a brand. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's where that's at. Oh, absolutely. And with your season, what do you guys uh what do you got coming up for the fall? Are you gonna be traveling? Outside of Louisiana yeah, um, and some hunting? Yeah, dude, you know, it's weird. Like the last I said it every year, like I hunt less in Louisiana every year, yeah. you know. Um and 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 I, look, I'll I'll be honest with you, like I love to get my butt kicked in Louisiana more yeah. than I like getting my butt kicked anywhere else yeah. <laughs> you know like i just i like it um and, and there's some wins there don't get me wrong but you know if you hunt enough in a, in a certain area you're gonna get you're gonna get whooped yeah. a lot yeah um so for me like i know my first trip right now is out of state with some pals um gonna do that like mid-october and then late october i'm going to north dakota mm. uh, that's gonna be a work trip yeah for like a week with another with another friend of mine but then when that's over with i have another week that i'm gonna stay and just like i'll have my camera but it will be secondary to my gun yeah and um so i'll hunt there for a few days and then i'll come home then it should be november by then um dude and after that when november gets here it's hustle like get ready for season yeah and depending on Oklahoma's open date. Um, I may be in Oklahoma mm. for a week before our season starts. It just depends because I do the youth hunt with my niece every year. Okay, she's nine; she'll be ten for this one. Yeah, and I I don't want to push it to where I'm rushing. Like last year, I had Oklahoma. I had 
the youth hunt, I had Oklahoma, and then I had opening week. Mm. Like, sun, yeah, like Saturday was youth hunt. We left Sunday for Oklahoma. We got back on Thursday night, and we scouted Friday for opening day, and then we had opening weekend. Okay. So I'm not doing that again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not about that. But so uh, anyway, so Oklahoma, and then, and, I'll, and of course, I'll be in Texas um, like I have been the last few years yeah. for 30 some odd days over there and yeah we'll see and we'll see i mean there's other things up in the air but right now that's for sure happening yeah oh absolutely yeah texas is uh quite the spot i uh didn't realize how cool it was until last year when i ran down there like dude i mean when you get wet and and there's some good stuff east uh that's good but when you get like like west of um or i guess i should say like north of dallas yeah and you just go west from there like it's all of that's pretty incredible yeah so so i i've enjoyed it and i mean you've got the cadillac hoodie on yeah they they're nuts dude like they killed i I don't know a lot yeah they and then they they stay on them yeah i think they toby was telling me like over like six thousand birds they shot last year yeah, yeah, I believe. Yeah, because yeah, yeah I mean, that he, place is incredible. It's yeah, like he he invited what? me down there for like late February, and I mean, it was like beginning of February. Um, and yeah, it for, was for late goose. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Like mm-hmm. lesser well, the hunting. craziest part is that's yes, it, it, that's it's the little geese, and they're like they're they're in a desert. Yeah, over there basically, <laughs> and they're you're just like shooting. You're shooting geese and you're like coughing dust yeah. because of, that's all it is over there. And and it doesn't make sense. But yeah. there you are beating the crap out of them every day. Yeah. It's wild, man. Yeah. They like don't, they just don't have like really any water. I mean, last year was a super dry year for them. But like he was telling me all they have is like the city ponds. And then there's a few like just random ones that they'll go roost on. But there's not really yeah, any water. I don't get it, dude. Like, I'm glad. I mean, that place has been like a a funnel, basically. Yeah. And and they beat the brakes off of them, and I'm pumped to see it happen every time. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, dude. I I'm, I'm, I don't care who's killing them. I just want I just want somebody to kill them. Like, yeah. and yeah. I'm so every time I see like a 37 foot long stack of birds, <laughs> I'm happy, dude. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, maybe that makes me weird or or kind of dark. And I'll take that, but uh, I dig it. Oh, dude, it's it's awesome. And then I really, I think I'll gonna run down, um, down and try to crane hunt down there as well, because that seems they got like, seems like quite yeah. the spot. Because I have a buddy over that at was... uh, Red Eye Outfitters, and they do like strictly crane hunts. Yeah, and yeah, um, I know Red Eye. Yeah, so I might go try to run down there and do some crane hunting with them, and then kind of make a loop through texas you should yeah so you should i'll i'll be depending on the dates let me know i'll be in wichita falls with okay. dry creek yeah and i mean and red eye dude red eye as far as cranes go they're incredible yeah but i was gonna say last year we ended up dude i hunted i think six times i think i went on six crane hunts last year and we ended up shooting like almost 140 in six hunts. Yeah. 
but like but we went one time and shot like 45 like yeah. it was it was incredible and I'm, there's a fly that won't <laughs> stop bro i don't know what is going on here but anyway sorry if i look crazy it's yeah. because i'm i'm doing something anyway yeah. um it was wild i mean like i don't here's the thing dude like we did it and crane hunting has to be the most frustrating thing in the world, like as far as waterfowl, yeah. right? Because you can, all right, <laughs> like you can, you can do the hunting, like you can do this thing. If I catch him, I'm showing you that I caught oh, yeah. him. But you can, you can, <laughs> gracious, uh, God, dog, you can, uh, you can go out there. It's almost like, it's like you go out there and you've got this call or whatever. It sounds like a dove on steroids. Yeah. And and you you remember Birdman or you probably don't you you're how old are you twenty yeah you don't know who Birdman is probably the rapper no oh, yeah no no yep uh-uh. I feel like an idiot old idiot right now anyway you need to look up Birdman and like like the early two thousands rap like Gator boots pent up Gucci suits all that good stuff okay yeah it's it's incredible dude like it'll change your whole outlook on what rap music is supposed to sound like but. <laughs> We used to jam it, dude. I blew a 10-inch Rockford boss gate on some of his stuff. Yeah. Um, it, I had a single-cab Ford Ranger, and it was lowered. You know, I was the cool – I was in the cool truck, yeah. truck scene thing and um, had, like, purple under underbody light. It was white, just some five-star rims on it. Yeah. Ten-inch windows, just two 10-inch subs in the back. Bro, I was – I felt like I was bad. <laughs> and then I'd get, like, stuck on a curve or something, yeah. you know, because – is low <laughs> like an idiot but anyway back to this what i was saying before i forget anymore um it's it's like you're out there blowing this crane call and you know good and well and maybe look maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm just dumb have a shallow no good but i highly doubt you're gonna talk to them cranes and coming down if they, if, if they ain't about it yeah. right you just you just gotta be on an egg is what it all what I've what I've in my little six hunts I had last year. Yeah. You you couldn't you didn't turn it's not like calling geese or like calling ducks where like you see them, you know, what is it, tail like wings and wing tips and tail feathers and like bang, bang, bang. Yeah. And, and you can turn them. You know they do that 180, they're coming. A crane, homeboy ain't doing it unless he wants to do it. Yeah. And so like it was they're just frustrating because you're blowing your little your little crane call or your Canada goose call trying to make it sound like a crane. And and they're just looking at you like, look at this idiot, you know, and they, they know you're in the A-frame. Like yeah. they see you. Oh yeah. They're like, nah, 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 I'm not doing that. Yeah. Sorry. That decoy's leaned over because somebody's, you know, broken. Yeah. Not going down there, but they're frustrating. But buddy, I'm going to tell you when they come down in the decoys and you can actually call the shot. Yeah. It's so fun to shoot them. Yeah. Because they go down and they're so slow, but they're humongous. And and you can in Texas, I don't know, I know you can shoot them with lead. Like people like when we would go on a strictly crane hunt, yeah. Like homeboy would bring buckshot. Like we had clients with buckshot in the blind. And one day we <laughs> shot like 30 this day. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> He was sitting by this dude, and and he he was like struggling to kill him. And he said, "This old man beside him was like, hey, shoot this.'" So he just 
throw, threw some three and a halves in there. He said he shot. This is a big old boy telling the story. He said he shot, and when he shot, it rocked him. <laughs> he was like, my God. But when it when it when he hit the goose, the goose, when he hit the crane, he said the crane just exploded. Yeah. He's like, I don't know what I had in my gun. Anyway, we get we're telling us this, and I walk over and I'm looking and I pick up this shell. It is heavy magnum blend turkey shot. He's <laughs> getting like a three and a half inch five, six, and seven lead at this thing. Just just crushing them, dude. He was like, I was wondering. I shot one and the one behind it fell too. I was like, well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know. Anyway, dude, big old boy. He's like getting rocked. And we're like, yeah, well, you throw some you throw some heavy magnum blend at them. They're gonna die. Yeah. You know? But Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my gosh, and it was so funny. Well, I had oh, uh, but anyway. Yeah, I was I was talking with Jacob Solomon from Red Eye. And I had him yeah. on earlier and we were talking and he's like yeah, dude. One of the times one of the farmers wanted to come on crane hunt, so I was like, Yeah, we'll like go out there, we'll set up, whatnot. And this dude brings out like a fuck what was it? It was like an AR ten gauge with like a twenty mag in it. And like a banana like, clip. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. And he, <laughs> <laughs> yes. And he's like, Oh all right, loud, loud as I'll get out. <laughs> loud dude i know it's loud oh yeah he's like i'm just ready to rip and jake was like we can't really use that he's like nah i shoot this thing at cranes all the time when they're in the field he's like well i'll go grab you a different gun but we can't shoot that when i'm up here i wish we could but yeah bro you gotta <laughs> you gotta have a plug yeah. sorry oh my god i hunted with a dude like that in arkansas i was photographing a um it was a snow goose hunt for Luxottica. Luxottica owns like um, uh, Ray-Ban, Oakley, Costa, all those guys. Mm. And they, last minute, a friend of mine needed, needed me to, like, needed help doing it. And he couldn't do it. So he called me and I went up there to photograph. And we were at um, Snow, we were at, ah, uh, crap. My mind just went blank. The Snow Goose guy, like, he's the guy that everybody looks Jonathan to. Olson? Um, it's, yes, it's Snow Addictions. Snow Addictions, yeah. Yeah, so I, that's where the hunt was, but it was in like Lake Village, Arkansas. And I showed up. It was a veteran, like a uh, wounded, not a wounded. It was like a hunters, hunters helping heroes or hero something like that. Okay, yeah. Anyway, super cool group of guys. I mean, like very cool. Yeah. And this dude shows up, and he's got this twelve gauge AR platform <laughs> with a banana clip hanging at the bottom of it. And like he's got blood in his eyes, you know. Yeah. And he just dude, he starts shooting. And I'm photographed. I have no gun. And yeah. there and I hear boom 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 boom. And then all of a sudden I hear wow. Dude. I I've never heard a gun that loud in my life. And it, it hurt my ears and I was three dudes down from him. Oh and I was God. like, never, never will I own one of these in my life. Yeah. But he dude, he loved it. He was ripping it, dude. Rip and he had he had like an extra one beside him, so if you ran out, he can just throw the other one in. <laughs> Bro, if you go through ten and you got time to reload, we can talk. Yeah, oh, exactly. But it was funny. I've seen I've seen those good. ARs and AR tens and stuff like that, and I've always wondered about like I've never been with anyone that's had one, and I was like, oh, yeah, I wonder how they'd shoot or, but yeah, that seems about right. Yeah, well, I can tell you that they're loud. 
and they're not accurate because <laughs> there's, I mean, I there's no, they're just super yeah, not just, accurate. No, bro. It is strictly for like somebody's coming at you, you know, with a knife. Yeah. I mean, and they think they're about to stab you and you just shoot it, blow a hole in them, you know, <laughs> like they're, they're not made to shoot snow geese at 40 yards. <laughs> nah. Uh, yeah, dude, there's some, there's some wild things. Like what's the, what's the craziest thing you've seen somebody bring into the field? Like while you're out hunting. Man, it's, it's pretty I mean, like in Texas, like, I don't know. Anything? <laughs> yeah, it's not crazy. Uh, you know, I mean, like, cause a lot of the times they're in a group and, and they, we tell them what they need and they don't bring a lot of crazy stuff. Like yeah. I would say, no, man, I don't, I can't remember. I mean, like, aside from like homeboy trying to bring out his, he's got like a Yeti flip full of beer and he's trying to open them up at daylight, you know, but you can't do that. Like we can get in trouble for that. Yeah. So you gotta have to wait. Um, but I mean, like you can't blame the guy, like just to call him his pal. That's what he'd be doing. Yeah. You know? like, uh, but we, you know, I mean, really that's, that's probably it, man. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I think of something later. I'll, I'll throw it in there. But right now, like, I will tell you a crazy story though. We were in, uh, this was a few years back. Yeah. Me and a couple guys were hunting and it was like my first, like, so I go, I do hitches, what I call them hitches over there in Texas. It's like 16 on. Then I come home for like 10 days and I go back for 16 more. Yeah. Um, anyway, we were there and it was a year we had a lot of rain <laughs> and we set up an A-frame on a fence row and it was some sheet water and it was loaded with ducks and, at daylight, we were covered, dude. Like, you couldn't – like, the, the guys were in the eighth frame going, oh, my God. You know, when I see it every – I see, I hunt a lot, and I see it, and I'm still like, holy crap. Yeah. They were everywhere. Um, anyway, we get to going <clears> – excuse me, and it's like 9 a.m. You know, it's slowed down. The morning flight is whatever, and we're just kind of waiting on some other stuff, traffic back in. And may have been 8.30. I don't remember, but we're sitting there, and – and I'm in the middle. So, like, usually what we do, if it's me and two guides, like, say there's eight dudes on the hunt or sit, whatever, yeah. like, a guide will be on the very end. I'll be in the middle of the A-frame if it's two of them. Yeah. And then the other guide will be on the other side. And that's so I can put my camera out where the A-frames buckle together and still be hidden and not do, like, a lens flare or whatever. Yeah. So, I'm in there, and I'm like, man, I got to pee. So, like, it's slow. I got to pee. I just unbuckle the front. I get out. I go to the side. And I'm peeing looking at the fence like the decoys are behind me and then um another guy gets out we're talking another guy gets out we're talking and all of a sudden um we hear like we see a pintail working i'm trying to remember this as i'm telling you and my wife's about to get in the car and we'll drive down the road but i can still keep doing this yeah but um we're still rolling and, and anyway oh, good. I'm on this. Hey, baby, don't tell them hey. hey. How are we doing? Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's my wife. Yeah. Um, so her name is Randy, by the way. Nice. Uh, anyway, we're we're sitting there and we see a we see a pintail working, and dude, it we we call the shot, and I'm not looking. The other guides are kind of knelt down so we don't flare the pintail. Yeah. And with the guide, 
says, he says, shoot that pintail. You know, you kill the pintail. We hear, boom, 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 boom. We look over, and there's three guns that are pointed straight on one end. Two yeah. guns pointed straight on the, on the other. None of them are pointed straight up at the pintail. The pintail was straight above the A-frame, like straight up. Yeah. So we turn around and look, and, dude, there's two, like, swans in the decoys. Oh, my like God. Like, floating in. And <laughs> I, I mean, floating forward rangers over you, some duck decoys, like, just coming in, you know? You broke up there quick. After you said the swans oh, are swimming in, yeah. So they they were they were they were flying over, and I told you I had a Ford Ranger when I was younger. Yeah, yeah. Well, it it looked like two floating Ford Rangers coming in the decoys, like it was ridiculous. <laughs> and this dude, like we're hollering, like one of the guys, like whoa, 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 we don't shoot those, we don't shoot those. Yeah. And he, we looked up, and there's there's a dead swan in the decoys. Oh Thankfully, the boys that were shooting. Uh, could not shoot, and they only killed one. Yeah. So the dude acted like we'd never seen a swan out there, like ever. Yeah. So this was super random. And one of the guys, we, we said that, he's like, we've never seen one out here. And the, well, the guy that obviously shot him, like, well, now you have. Uh, <laughs> we're like, all right, hunt's over, pack <laughs> it up. So, you know, because at that point, like, highly illegal yeah and uh we called the game warden and all that stuff we we did our part right like we did everything we were supposed to do and um to cover our tail and yeah you know the game wardens come and did what they had to do but it was that was probably the craziest like what are you doing oh that God. i've ever been around because it's obvious you don't shoot a bird a white bird that big like yeah i don't i don't get it but anyway that was so minus like bringing crazy stuff, never really had crazy stuff brought into the field, but that was probably the craziest hunt I've ever been on as far as like not real sure what just happened. <laughs> it was sketchy, dude. Had, oh us had us rethinking like everything we were doing. Like, are we supposed to like arrest? Are we supposed to put handcuffs on this guy right here? Yeah. Like what's, what's going on? <laughs> but thankfully it worked out and, um, you know, all that got situated, but that was wild. That was a wild time, and we were scared for our our jobs, yeah, uh, our lives, like whatever. But um, yeah, it was it was fun, but it was sketchy. Like it it definitely had me like rethinking the whole hunting thing. Live, you know, <laughs> like your pot, like your pot. It had me rethinking the guide life. Yeah, you know, for lack of a better term, like, this is not fun. Oh my but god, it worked out. It worked out. Yeah, we worked had out. We were up in South Dakota, and I was with um, some uh, northern skies up there. And we were yeah. hunting, and, like, there was one group that we were going out with. I think it was the last I was there. And, uh, like, yeah, my dad has dementia. Like, just want to let you know. He's not going to be shooting, but, like, he'll be out there with us. And it's, like, a group of 12 guys. So me and Jake went out there, and, uh, like, we're sitting in the blind or whatever, like after we're done shooting and uh, like the dad starts to eat like a sandwich or something and starts to choke and like is the dad like, with dementia. Yeah. Like he's like 87, 88 probably. And like he's hmm. choking like super hard and, and like his son's like, you okay, dad? Like everything already is like, 
nope, not at all. So he's just <laughs> first. <laughs> oh, that shouldn't be that funny. Hey, are you okay? No. <laughs> and he just starts hammering down on his dad's back. Just laying into him. And I'm like, there's no way this is happening. Like, I want to look, but at the same time, like, I'm like, what is going on? What if I witness the murder? <laughs> and me and Jake are like, like, this dude's like probably going to die in this bread. And he coughs it all up. And then he starts eating again, starts choking again, and the son just has to go beat on his back again. <laughs> and I, I, I shouldn't laugh at that. We probably shouldn't <laughs> laugh at that. Oh, my God. That's funny, though. But, dude, I was like, what is going on? And then we brought him, like, went to go grab lunch, and he's like, yeah, I'm just going to go back to the truck. So we drove yeah, him on the floor. Probably should. Yeah, we drove him on the floor with the back of the truck. Me and Jake are talking. We're like, dude, there's, like, a chance, like, he could be dead when we get back. <laughs> Dude, that's sketchy. Like I, yeah, that I'm not sure how safe that is. Yeah, I was like, yeah, like it's fun and all to like get out there and good for you that you still want to get out there and hunt or like watch, but like there's a certain eat, point like, where just quit eating, so, quit eating solid food, bro. Like <laughs> bring a smoothie or something, bro. No, yeah, that was, that was something else, like. I thought we were going to have a dude die in the spread that day. Mm, dude, that is wild. <laughs> but I don't, mm. I don't know. That's, yeah. Was... Oh, aside from like near death experiences, um, we did hunt with a guy one this year. What's the movie? Is it, um, it's not Apollo 13. Is it? <laughs> Definitely just slammed a car door. <laughs> no, she's okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Sorry. Uh, I, I think it's it's either what there's a there's a movie about space station in Houston. Space Maybe station. it's not Apollo thirteen. Either way, yeah, there is a movie out there, and it's about the NASA space station in Houston. Well, long story short, we hunted with the guy that was over the entire like NASA space station in Houston when that movie was made. Oh, wow. About what, what that movie was made about. There's a scene in the movie. They come in, they throw a box of just stuff on a table, and they say, we got to figure this out or something like that. And the guy that was hunting with us was actually there when that, real, when that really happened. Oh, wow. So it was like, it was cool to hunt with him. He was super laid back, older guy. You know, yeah. you wouldn't have known it, like, yeah. at all, because he just showed up, hung out, and, you know, shot birds. But yeah. Hun's friend told us about it. So it was it was cool to hunt like when you realize like the amount of stuff that he was over, like that his he was responsible for at one point in his life. Yeah. And now you're responsible for him to shoot a bird. You know, you're like, oh well, we better do something. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it was just cool. Uh I, mean, I, I think that would, that would probably be yeah. And he didn't have any stories to tell us, you know, like the moon landing was fake or anything. Yeah. But it was <laughs> It was it was just cool to be like when you realized who you were around. It was like wow, you know, somebody that that big of a deal, like didn't even act yeah. like it. You yeah, know? just I so I, I think that was a cool thing. Yeah, he was. He, uh, but I wouldn't even know if he's humble. He was just like, ah, you know, it's over, not yeah. doing it anymore. So I'm just trying to shoot a duck, my son. Yeah. 
right. Was, yeah, it was fun, dude. Yeah. I can't complain about that. No, not at all, man. Not yeah. at all. It was a great time. Yeah. But over at Dry Creek, are you guys just shooting ducks and geese over there? Or do you guys hunt cranes at all, too? Well, that we, we hunted them a few times last year. Like I said, yeah. like we, I, I hunted, I was on six crane hunts last year. Oh, okay. Um, and, and we were, you know, I, I don't, I said a hundred, but it's like between 130, 150. I don't remember the number. Yeah. But in six hunts, that's where we were at or where I was at. They, they had other hunts. Um, we don't target them at all. Um, now there was a place, an area that we had leased out that just loaded up, dude, like yeah. thousands of them. And, and we, when, when a pile of them would hit, you know, a place we could hide, we'd go shoot them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just kind of how that worked, but it's mostly, uh, mostly little geese and, and ducks. Yeah. And it's either a lot of, you know, the and thing about Texas is like, if you've got water, like a, you know, a tank that they call it, and it's a low water year, like you're going to kill them. Yeah. You know, there's, it's so different mm-hmm. than than here like where, where i'm used to and when where you're used to like it's so, so different dude yeah um we the first year i was there i remember going and we they scattered a pond and it was like 150 ducks on a pond you know mm-hmm. like yeah. not bad i mean like when i see 150 ducks over here i'm like ah it's cool you know but there's so much water here so that doesn't make that's a different deal but yeah they're like oh yeah we'll take we're gonna take nine guys there tomorrow like, what <laughs> Like, are you sure? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm trusting these dudes, but it's my first year there, so I don't know them that yeah. well. But I'm like, all right, you know, this is your deal, not mine. Bro, we showed up, and like 9.30, 9 o'clock, we had 54 widgeon dead. Oh, wow. And I was like, huh, yeah, well, I can, I can get down with this, yeah. you know. Um, 150 <laughs> birds, you shoot a third of them in one go. So, I mean – it's just a different world, man. Like, there's no and, – and the things they hunt, like, a lot of places they hunt are not just them. I mean, really anywhere, like, just just different. I mean, the birds are the same anywhere you go. You can kill the birds anywhere. Yeah. But how you hunt them is different depending on where you're at. And and I learned a lot in Texas, like, not the same game at, yeah. at all. Um, but it's fun. Yeah. And we win more. <laughs> oh, absolutely. and that's the that's the goal yeah um but we do we do get wolfed every now and then and that's part of it too you know yeah how was the past season down there for you guys last season i don't know the bird count but it was a banner i mean I, and like you said some of them shot like six thousand or so yeah like i think the whole central flyway if you didn't have a good season it was your fault yeah um and i may be speaking out of turn so i'm not trying to like knock anybody but i'm just saying like the central flyway itself had a ridiculously good year. Yeah. Um, and we, we had one of the best years I think that we've had as an outfit since I've been there for sure. But like Russ, the guy that owns it said that I think that was like his 12th year doing it. And he said it was probably one of his best. Yeah. So like it's, and I, I can, I can confirm that it was incredible. Um, because yeah. I was there for over half of it, and I I saw things this year that that I had never seen, and not just in numbers, like like also in like just I don't know the birds just acted better, I guess. Yeah, I mean we we on a little man, you could across it 
left, like you could sit on any end of this pond and shoot across it, whatever way. Yeah. Um, straight across the pond was probably a t- thir- 25 yards. Mm-hmm. And if you sat on the other end and shot long ways, you were probably shooting 45. But we sat, you know, short. And I mean, we were shooting mallards at 10 yards, no problem. And I was photographing. So I remember one volley came in, dude, I was photographing. And I'm photographing them shooting birds. Like, I'm photographing a duck getting shot. And then as soon as it, it's over, I put the camera down and I shoot two getting out of the hole to my right. Yeah. Like, they were that close, couldn't get out. And it was stuff like that. I mean, stuff like that really don't happen here a lot. You don't get a chance to hunt small water like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. It it was incredible. I mean, it's – I'll tell you this. I, I'll tell you this much. Dry Creek, for the, the bad years that we've had here at home, like, they saved my sanity. You know, like, guys come back home and guys like, I'm just going to sell all my crap and I'm done. <laughs> and, you know, they're not. They're yeah. just really mad that they've been getting their butt kicked, and I get it. Yeah. But Dry Creek, like, saves my sanity every year because I go over there and I'm, I'm seeing all this happen. I'm like, all right, everybody's crazy. There's still are, there still is the duck hunting all over the place. You just got to go after them. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. we, uh, we had a decent season up here in Minnesota, but once it hit like November, dude, like it was like, yep. it was tough. It was like 75 yeah. degrees in November. Up yeah. Here, which I is was, like, that's Unheard wild of. for you guys. Yeah. Because October, you we had like I was there. I was in actually in Minnesota in October. Um yeah, it snowed like 10 inches yeah. in October. Yeah. Yeah. I was there. Yeah. And because we hunted, uh, we was in North Dakota for a week, or I was in North Dakota for a week, and then I hunted like three or four days after that and drove or rode to Minnesota with Joey. Yeah. And then I stayed at stayed at Cal's house. But the day it started snowing, we don't get I'd never seen that much snow in my life. Yeah. Never. And I'm sitting here and it starts snowing. I'm like, this is cool, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then I get out there in the A-frame and I'm like, this is stupid. Because <laughs> because I didn't have any waterproof clothes on. And, and like, I just had one jacket because it wasn't snowing early, you know? Yeah. It started snowing. I think it started snowing like midday. Yeah. And and we got out there and I'm getting snowed on. I've got like a like a mid-layer, I think it's the Kelvin light hoodie. Okay. And yeah. like, it's not waterproof at all. Super warm. Yeah. But it just, I just start getting wet. I'm like, what in the world is going on? <laughs> and I realized it's the snow, you know? And anyway, uh, it was stupid. And I'm sitting there looking at my feet and they're like, you know, it's up to almost my calf deep. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm just blown away. It's, I love the situation, but not necessarily what's going on. Yeah. But it was, or I guess I love the scene, just not the situation is the yeah. best way to put it. But um, anyway, I was there and they were excited because I think pretty sure that y'all start, y'all got a pretty good push of birds yeah. like that week. Yeah. And then that was, but that was it. Like after that, you had to wait on like December, but then y'all were pretty well done after that. Yeah. We, so we got absolutely shafted. I mean, like it was, dude, it was, 75 degrees for opening deer hunting weekend which is in november and then yeah. it didn't snow again until december like 25th or 26th and then our season mm. ends january 6th for geese yeah right. i don't know i i timed it right when i was there yeah. and 
I got lucky. I did because we ended up hunting. Um, you know where Starbuck is? Starbuck. Yep, yep, yep. Starbuck, yep. Minnesota. Yep. So I hunted um, a spot over there. It's a private place. They've yeah. had it for like 40-something years. And I got an invite from a buddy of mine named Lance. He um, he does marketing. He mar- he does marketing for Sound Gear, which is in Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, Eden Prairie is where that place is. But we were, we got an invite to Starduck and went over there. And, dude, I'm not a diver guy. Like, I like mallards. I, I like I, mallards, number one, but anything that'll decoy, that'll backpedal and float down, that's my jam. Yeah. Um, Duck-wise. But we we invited us because he's like, it's going to be good. And, dude, we were we shot ducks that were the very first push of birds to come into that area. Yeah. And And you knew it because, dude, they would just – do your decoys, do your decoys, like right to them. And you just shot, we shot five limits of canvas back, like in, in two or three volleys. Yeah. And, and then we watched canvas back hit our decoys several times. It was nuts. Yeah. Oh dude, the the diver hunting in Minnesota, it's like, you can get into some really good areas. Yeah. I've never done it. And I, I just, for me, it's like divers are just not, they're not the fun duck to shoot. Yeah. They're not, you know, you're not calling them in. You're not, um, I don't know. It's just, for me, it's not the same because you're just basically the same as like, if they're just zooming over your decoys and you shoot them while they're flying low to the water. Yeah. I don't know. It's oh, just not as cool of a game to me. Yeah. I'm with you. And I just like, I'm not a big fan of hunting water unless it's like a small pond or like sheet water yeah. or something like that. Like yeah. hunting big lakes, mm. I'm just like, eh, I'd yeah. rather go hunt in a field. Like, that's just kind of my bread and butter. But I mean, you know, like, yeah, I'm with you. You can get in some sweet diver spots, and we've hunted them on some like rice paddies along the river, and like mm. some bigger pond. rice paddies. Yeah, so like wild rice. What is that? So that just like wild. wild rice that grows up. Um. And then they're just called. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Rice. I just I never heard it called that. I just because we've got wild rice down here in random places, but yeah, um, never heard it called that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So then, no, I like that. You'll get in like the backwaters of like the Mississippi, and we got a bunch of rice paddies mm-hmm. back there. But gotta have a mud motor to get back in there and get through yeah. all that junk. But I mean, yeah. once you get back there, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, I bet it is, dude. We. A lot of ours is it's. I mean, we everything we hunt backwater. Like we yeah. don't dry field hunting is not a thing down here. Yeah. Um, they dry fed this year. We had a big cold front in February come through, and mm. they were dry feeding in the fields then. But like, oh wow, they don't. That was a totally different deal. Like yeah. it's not regular season. It's a, anyway they don't do it a lot yeah. ever that I've seen until stuff like that happens. But we'll. When the river hits a certain level, we we've got stuff marked, and we know where the where the water's supposed to be when the river's at you know, x x feet, yeah, or whatever. And we just head that direction and start scouting. And if we find something, we hunt it the next mm. day. Or like a lot of cases this year for me, it was like get home. You don't have time to scout because you've got people with you from you know out of town or out of state that want to hunt. Yeah. So you just check the river level, and you go to those places you know have water. And hmm. then you hope for the best and then get ready for the next day. You scout for the next day. So yeah. first day is a shot in the dark. And then after that, you kind of have a little more hope. But it usually works, man. I mean, because ducks, as far as like 
water, they're hunting water that's moving, like, you know, rising or rising. They want the new water, the fresh water. They don't want the old whatever. Ah. Um, so you just follow the water line. Um, obviously, you don't hunt like the bank, you know, yeah. but like you try to find that water line that's got, that's just fresh and it's got new acorns floating or whatever. And uh, man, that's, that's how it works. There's, there's more to it, obviously, but like, yeah. yeah. That's a pretty good description. Yeah, that's that's a cool way to look at it. I mean, I've never yeah never thought of like playing the water levels as a like game changer for duck hunting. For a no, lot because if you think do what I was gonna say, yeah, we never do it up here, so we don't have to deal with that kind of stuff. But yeah, no, but you could though, because I mean, you're hunting the Mississippi just like we do. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, it's not the Mississippi, but it is the same birds. They just kind of split different tributaries, you know, like yeah. the rivers that we hunt, but um same lot of birds and when they come down here they start splitting because we have so many so many paths for them but when that river rises man like you go find that the thing about us we've got so much public land that we can do that yeah um like there's there's a spot that i grew up hunting the very first duck hunt i ever had was at a pond on this on this this wildlife management area but when the river when that river comes up the west side of that river just about <laughs> and then the other one that went on both lost, sides of the river public, there. most of it sorry i said that which word you lose me at uh on the west side of the river i think you're saying so the west side of that river that, that i grew up hunting is all public pretty much mm. and then the other place that i hunt both sides are mostly public so we can follow those river levels for a very long, long ways where I don't know about how you guys are set up where you're at, but if it's private, you know, you've kind of, kind of can't yeah. unless you just know them, but yeah. um, it's easier for us to do that because just, we can, cause it's legal, but, yeah. um, but yeah, dude, like you follow the water line if you can and, and the birds will stay on that water line because it's fresh food. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, pushing up new food or whatever it is. And yeah, I could see how that works out. Works out nice. Yeah, man. You guys yeah, it's good. Like, it doesn't... Are you guys just hunting like what? backwater? Or like, is there like flooded timber? Or like what's kind of your. Yeah. So it, it's backwater. Our timber is backwater. Like okay. it's when the river comes up, we've got holes. Like I've walked these woods in like September. Yeah. Right. When it was bone dry, low, because usually September it's we've, we've, gotten hardly any water and i've walked them and just went with my phone like i'll drive the river in the boat and then i'll i'll dock it on the bank and get on on x and just like mark blowovers like yeah. big oak trees that have blown over and i'll just mark them and and now through the years i've done that and i know where the river levels are based off of you know years of hunting yeah and i was like okay well this i've marked this here and that's where the river We'll just like we'll say, oh, the river hits twenty-eight feet. Like this will be flooded. Yeah. So when the river gauge says twenty-eight feet, I go to that spot to to double check it, and mm. we hunt it if if it, if it works, you know. Um, because yeah. at the end of the day, man, like I don't have an idea why they choose one spot blowover versus another one when the acorns are the same and the land is the same, like. Yeah, I don't know. So we, you just got to ride and check your holes and see what's there. And 
hope hope to God that whatever you bust off of that hole comes back because um I don't I don't know how you scout a spot the way we hunt without scaring birds. Yeah. I've been doing it for for like fifteen years and uh I I still don't know. Um yeah. maybe that's just me not knowing what I'm doing. Maybe that's what it is. But if you got to, if you're riding through, it's too thick to look with binoculars. Like if we could stay way back and, and glass them. Yeah. I mean, there's some fields that we hunt that are flooded. You can do that. But, you know, in the woods, not a whole lot of options for finding birds without getting close enough, yeah. you know? So yeah. uh, it's just part of it. But we're figuring it out as we go and learning more every year. So, oh, yeah. Work. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, I feel like that's the only way to do it because that's the same way with us. Like, if we go hunt the river, I mean, we're just driving around and then just driving through the rice paddies to try to kick them up and then find yeah, out where then, they are. Yep. That, that's pretty much what you have to do in the woods. You just got to hope they come back. Yeah. You know, or, or and nobody else is driving through there scaring them up, too. Yeah. Oh, it's, I it's a, it's a roll of the dice, man. Wow. Yeah. Do you guys have a lot of people that hunt public down there? Like on the river, oh, yeah. like is that yeah. kind of the main spot to do it? Yeah, there's hunt? there's several places. Like the good thing about where I'm at is within an hour, a little over an hour, there's plenty of public to hunt. Mm. The other the other part about that is a lot of people hunt it. Um, some are more accessible than others, and that's what we try to avoid. We try to avoid the easy, easily accessible places. Yeah, because you know you got to fight people. You know you've got to, you know, struggle, but. The, the the win of hunting everywhere we've hunted is like there's so many places to go that and, and I guess the way I am now is like I'll travel farther away and to shoot less duck but have a better hunt yeah like I'll I'll go I'll 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 do a thirty minute run up the river to get away from the guys that are only making the ten minute runs or fifteen minute runs and they may shoot you know ten twelve 18 more what i don't know i'm just throwing numbers out there but i i would just i would rather finish eight mallards than i would shoot 18 birds in a field that's flying 40 yards across right um i just enjoy it i enjoy the that aspect of it more than anything but there are days where i get frustrated and i'm like you know what i'm just gonna go out here and shoot whatever flies by yeah um (laughs) just because you want to kill stuff right yeah oh exactly that's why you go out there yeah 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 Yeah. i'm with you on that i yeah i i'd be in the same boat i i like watching them finish i like watching them work i mean that's that's why we go go try to do what we do is try to make it happen so i don't know yeah no dude that's part of it i get it like there's always that side to things but yeah no dude that was uh yeah that's just how we how we like to do things i guess yeah, but hey, it, man. I know uh, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. No, but, uh, good. yeah, no, I kind of like to dig into uh, your camera gear and what kind of camera gear that you like to run and how, yeah. uh, how you kind of pick what you want to shoot and everything like that. So I I'm a Nikon guy. No reason. Like, I don't I'm not one that's like, well, it's better than the other one. That's why I use it. That's not the case um it's a preference when you get to a certain point i think it's preference and there are some some things 
performance-wise that Nikon could improve on, and I think they are in the new one they got coming out. But um, I run mirrorless Nikon. I have a Z6 and a Z7. Okay. Um, I, as far as in the field, man, and I'll tell you this year, I'm going to have a 70 to 200, uh, 2.8. I'm going to have an 85, 1.8, and a 35, 1.4. Oh. Um, and that's probably the only lenses I have. I might add a 20 yeah. prime, like wide angle. That's for like pile picks, like really long ones, so I can get up close and you can still see the people. Yeah. But um, I don't bring a whole lot to the field, man. Like this will be the first year that I'm running two camera bodies or using two camera bodies. Okay. I usually just have one. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's like one, the biggest reason is I don't want to carry a pile of crap, yeah. right? Like just don't. Um, I don't want to get out there and have a pile of junk that I've got to carry around because when I go out there, like, I take a few nighttime shots and nighttime shots are cool. I love nighttime yeah. shots, but audiences really don't like the people that are really? following pages. Cause, Cause I also run drag Creek social media. Yeah. So like when you put a nighttime shot, very seldom do they do great. Like every now and then you'll have a good one, but they, they just want to see stuff, man. Brighter photos get, get more attention. So huh. I'll take a few setup shots and I've got several, but then I start brushing in blinds with the guys I help with, whatever decoys I can help with or whatever I can do, whatever I can help with, whatever value I can add, I add. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to have to worry about uh, an entire Pelican case full of gear yeah. trying to hide it. And, you know, I can put my backpack, I've got a Yeti. Uh, it's a, last year I used a, what they call the Takeo. They don't make them anymore. Now it's like they make a crossroads bag now. Okay. Um, before that, it was like a Panga with a, a F-stop insert in it. But anyway, the, my point is this. I can put that backpack between my feet in the boot bag of the, of the layout. Yeah. And it fits perfect. And then if I need something, I just reach in, grab it, swap it, put whatever I don't need back in the bag. So for me, less is more because I can do way more with a little bit instead of worrying about, like, should I use this, this, or this? in the field when in reality I can do everything I need with just that little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You made the point of people don't like nighttime photos as much. <laughs> yeah. Really? Now, I mean like, yeah, I do. I, I like as a them. photographer. Yeah. I like them. Cause I feel like, I don't know. I feel like they're just a harder shot to take. So I like to see them a lot, a lot more. Right. Like, but that's coming from a creative. Yeah. Right. Like, but if, if, if somebody's want is following your page to see dead stuff or, the hunt yeah the nighttime shots don't really grab their attention as much and for whatever reason they just don't do as well i mean like you can and and like it's it's an obvious thing like i can post a nighttime and a daytime shot neither you know the daytime shot can be kind of a generic one the nighttime shot can be an incredible one yeah but the generic daytime one does better because they can see it and it grabs their attention on their news feed or on their feed yeah have you noticed with running dark social media that you're saying that people just like to see pile picks. I mean, do you like, do you think they like to they see do. pile picks or do you think they like to see like action shots more? Uh, man, it's kind of, it's, it's 50, 50 yeah. for us. Um, the pile picks do well, but some of them don't, yeah. you know, um, I think it just has a lot to do with, uh, the day and the time you post. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, it's weird because some pile picks will do incredible. I will tell you this though. Off season, when the attention is not on duck hunting or right. waterfowl hunting, because there is, I mean, you, there's an attention graph, right? Like yeah. right now, it's 
plummeting for waterfowl. Yeah. But the pile picks are consi- are more consistent because everybody likes to see that. But yeah. then I've noticed also that like the action shots, like I did a shot uh, a few days ago of Levi, one of the guides at Dry Creek. He's got a dog named Radar. Mm. And he sent him up after a duck on that small water I was telling you about. Yeah. And he didn't hit, and the dog just leaped off the, the bank, and there's water coming off of him. He's in midair. Levi's behind him, you know, doing the whole dog's in point thing. Yeah. And and he did it, and that one did really well. Yeah. But, you know, so, I mean, I I don't know. Yeah, like you were, like you were saying, I mean, people like to see pile picks throughout the season. Um, because they like to see what other people are shooting, I guess. That that's the way I would yeah. look at it as. Yeah. And, oh yeah. Now and and you're right. You're right. They they do, but like but for us, I don't know which one really is better because yeah. and, it, and I'll tell you this, a lot of it has to do with the culture that, that you've created for that page, right? Yeah. Like like have you have you made your your page or your your company or your company, your your outfit, like have you made it have you built it off topics or yeah. have you built it off of, you know, the story? Have you built it off of the hunt itself or yeah. the people involved? And that has a lot to do with it. You know, um, for us, I think it's a little bit of both. I think we do, we do well on both. Um, and that's why, because we've never really emphasized the politics. Yeah. We've never really emphasized anything. We just post them all and um, whatever, whatever comes out comes out you yeah. know yeah oh you make a great point on that because i mean i was talking to josh teff from falco yeah and he was talking about how they emphasize the story more yep. than the actual like hunting that experience yep. is the big thing for them it is and and you know like josh josh and and jd and all those guys up there like they're incredible people with an incredible place yeah so they they're able to talk about that and do that and bring an experience to people that not many places in the country can, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. That's a win for them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like when I talked with him, that's, he really digged into the, this experience part of coming out there. Yeah, And I'll agree with that dude. And I, and like, I'm a big fan of that place and those people. So like, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. But it's obvious that they do it. Like you kind of knew it, you know, yeah. but but the cool thing about and that's the other side of that. If you build it with the experience and you build it with the story behind it or or brand it, I guess is a better way to put it. Like the pile picks, especially the ones that Falco are able to put up, yeah, added to that experience, it just amplifies it, right? Like yeah. it makes it just makes it so much cooler of a place and and people buy in. Here's the thing that I've and this is just my opinion. I think people buy into a story yeah more than they buy into a topic uh oh, yeah. you know or into a brand and like it's just for me man if, if, if it's if it's a lifestyle thing and you're trying to make people want to come hunt with you and you're trying to make people want to be part of that hunt or part of that story then you've got to sell that because at the end of the day if you if you're trying to sell your hunts based off of pile picks what happens if that pile pick isn't as cool as they wanted it to be yeah now they're mad yeah you know now they're not happy and you've sold them false hope basically. And you haven't, I mean, like, and you genuinely and seriously thought they were going to have a ridiculous topic at the end of it. But you know, like I know yeah. hunting is hunting yeah. and it don't, don't always work out that way. 
Yeah. So if you can sell or, or promote the, the story or, or the, you know, that aspect of it, like that's going to happen. Yeah. You're, you're going to have that experience and, and people are going to be happier walking away because they experience what they came to experience. And if the piles happen, it's, it, it's just going to amplify that experience for them. Yeah. Oh no, I'm with you on that. Like, yeah. If you're going to get people out, you want to sell the experience because everyone like everyone that's going to book with you wants to have fun. They bring their buddies, they bring their son, whatever it is. They want to go do that. And then if you're posting just constant pile picks and then you don't go shoot a huge pile, then they're like, what the hell? Like, yeah. And and that's right. Like, but at the end of the day, like you have to post those big pile picks too, you Mm -hmm. know, because that it does sell hunts. Let's be honest. Like a big pile pick sells a way, sells way more hunts than, than a dude walking through a decoy spread carrying a goose. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, but at the end of the day, you don't want to emphasize those pile picks because people will think that's what has to happen. Yeah, and that's why they come. But I don't know, man. It's it's a slippery slope because you you have to. It, it's it's wild, but I do know the safe bet. And if you're playing the long game, like your best bet is to sell the experience and the story. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like. I mean, even just looking at like films or whatever, I'm not even like related to like outfitters, but like, I mean, when you go watch certain YouTube videos or whatever, you're looking, at least for me, like I look for the story, like I want to see the story being told and like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like Hunt 41, they do a really cool job of that. They're, dude, and they do it, not not necessarily that they do it just well, they do it different. Yeah. And I think that's what I like about them more than anything. Yeah. To be totally honest, like they're good. They're yeah. really Ben. Ben's been Ben Potter, the guy that's over that. Like he's been doing different things and better things for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, he did some Sitka stuff back years ago. That was it, it was a head like yeah. He, what I think started the whole cool short story vibe for them. Yeah. And then uh, and now he's doing Hunt Forty One, and it's just it's a totally different animal. But he's killing it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I had the privilege to talk to him um, a while back, I think, like, back in December, and, like, we just talked about Hunt 41 and, like, his vision on everything, and, like, he's just such a cool dude to talk to, and, like, hear, like, what he kind of envisions things as, and, like, how he tells his story of, like, oh, there's all these different ways to hunt, like, kind of just, I don't know, it was really cool, but, yeah. Yeah, that's super cool, man. I'd, I'd love to, like, just know how he processes things, like how his brain actually works. Yeah. Because, because he's, <laughs> he's so against the, because he's so against the grain of what everybody else is doing. Yeah. And it's, it's not like, and I say that meaning like he's got this real grainy, like grainy vibe on his photos and a lot of his, like his, his, yeah. uh, his trailers and stuff like that. And then, then he, the product he puts out is always like, you're just like, Holy crap. Yeah. You know? And then, I saw this is a long time ago. I don't remember like don't know if it was even a good idea for him or not, but it was like a pile of GoPros on this half moon shaped piece of wood. And like that's how he got some of his shots. Like yeah. one, I don't know, it was like 20 GoPros on this yeah. one piece. I'm like, who how, how do you even think to do that? Like what? You yeah. know, I, I didn't get it. I'm just like, I wouldn't even think to do that. I would just think get a really wide angle something and make it work. But here he is, this dude's carrying around 20 GoPros on a piece of wood yeah. or whatever it was, and yeah. it worked. 
you know, it's just wild how his brain works, how it moves or whatever. And, um, yeah, I, I'd love to know how his brain processes those things, but yeah. till then, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and the other side of it is like, it's cool because when you watch his videos, it's like the older storytelling voice that goes behind it. Yes. Like, yes. I feel like that's the biggest thing for me when I watch it's like they're telling the story and then they like have the voice for it. Like yes. they're describing like, Oh, what this duck is and like all that kind of, kind of cool yeah, stuff. I love that dude. I do. And it feels like you're like stepping back in like in the sixties or fifties yeah. or whatever. And, and, but it, but it works, man. Like yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like he's, it's, it's so like opposite of what it, I, I don't know if it's opposite, but it's definitely not, going with the flow yeah and, and i think that's what i like about it because my biggest thing and i'll tell anybody like my biggest thing in in any like as far as the outdoor industry or just being creative or trying to be a creative like your your best bet is to be exactly who you are and do what you do yeah and like he's he's an incredible example of that like which he has nothing to prove you know yeah. like but what i'm getting at is like he has nothing to prove but he he can he has a lot to show because yeah. I think people could learn from him, you know? Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. No, that's a, yeah. That's a great point on just like being yourself because I mean, yeah. if you're not, then you're going to like try to try to do something that you're not comfortable with. And then it's just not going to turn out as great as you'd maybe like it to no. Dude, Well, it's not just that I'm stepping out yeah. for a second, but, um, Oh, I'm sitting there way too long, but <laughs> like, um, is the traffic bad or no? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. So, like, for me with that, it's like I see a lot of people that, that try to emulate other people. Yeah. And and at the end of the day, like, you're going to get lost in the shuffle if you're trying to be somebody else, right? Yeah. Like, you're going to get lost in the shuffle or you're just, like, you're not even going to be recognized because there's so many people trying to be that guy. Yeah. Um. And at the end, like if you can do you can you can do what you know you do. Nobody's gonna nobody's gonna be a better nobody's oh, gonna be a better. Oh, hold on just a second. This, what's up, man? How are you, man? Hey, I'll send you calling. I was trying to get three. <laughs> no, you're good, bro. Tell him what's up. What's going on? How we doing? How you doing? Living the dream. How about you? This, yeah, this is Chad. This is uh. So I used to umpire with his brother. Okay. I know his mama really well. This is some good people right here, dude. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good dude right here, man. Nah, yeah. he's, he's better than I am. But... Good dude right here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, good dude. <laughs> Later, dude. Sorry, man. Small town. But, oh, yeah. uh, he come out to say, hey, because he saw my wife, and she's she's going through a drive-thru, so we don't have to give an order over the phone to the podcast. But okay, yeah. He saw her walk over the door, and he'd come out chasing her, trying to make her wish you didn't have to go to the drive through yeah. good people man but um but no like like you're there's all like chance is the best chance right yeah like like jazz that just walked out that's the best jazz yeah like it's just you you can't be i don't know man i think you can you can be a better version of yourself than you can of anybody else and nobody can be better at it nobody can be better at you than you yeah and and nobody can be better at them than them so just play your strengths and, and, you know, if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, well, you're not going to hate, you know, 
yourself because you're over there trying to create something that you naturally wouldn't create. Yeah. So, you know, there's always room for growth. I think you should always glean from people. You should always learn, you know, whatever, but you should never like try to be a carbon copy. Yeah. Of anybody. Yeah. At all. Oh, absolutely. And there's like the piece of it where it's like, Oh, that's a cool photo. Like I could try to maybe like do a, some sort of something like that, but like you can't base your entire platform off of that right and i and i'm i'm going more off of like now one thing is like at the end of the day like originality is very very hard to come by right because almost everything's already been done so at this point you're just trying to build off of what everybody else has done i'm not saying originality is dead because there's still some cool original things happening but but like it's really hard to come by it. So what I, the main thing I mean is just your style, like, like whether it's your yeah. post-production, whether it's your, you know, the sh- the type of shots you're taking or the filters that you put on it yeah. on Instagram, like, man, it's, I don't know. Uh, I just feel like if you, if you pursue you, yeah. then, you know, you don't have anybody to compete with. You're going to be better for it in the end. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Cause I mean, now, now more than ever, I mean, content creation's blowing up. Like, I feel like there is just a ton of people yeah. trying to get yeah, into that industry. It, it's, it's wild, dude, because, like, only – because I don't know. Like, when I started doing what I'm doing, I never thought I'd do it full time, yeah. right? Um, and now I'm going on, like, four years, and, and I, I don't know how I ended up honestly like like i said i don't have a real answer for it but it were doors opened and i went through them so um that's yeah. kind of just it just i don't know it worked i don't know how to real answer for it and i'll, I'll ramble and struggle through that answer if i keep oh i lot lost it there i think you might be on mute or something I'm sorry. Yeah, I think you connected to the car. Yeah, I did. Well, there we go. That was weird. Yeah. Now you hear me. I'm sorry. I hear you. No, no worries. So, where did I leave off on that? Yeah, just uh, what were we talking about? We were talking about just like your own style. Oh, like the content creation. I mean, you didn't think you'd be blowing up um, doing this for full time. Yeah, I never, I never thought it. And like I said, I don't really have a, a solid answer for that. I don't have, um, I'll, I'll stumble and struggle through that answer. But um, the, the best answer is doors open and I walk through them, you know. Yeah. But um, for other people getting in, like it takes, like you got to be pretty brave, right, yeah. to do that because you're, you're jumping into something that everybody wants a piece of. Yeah. And you, you either better know, like we said, you better know a lot of people. Or you better be incredibly talented. Yeah. Um, both are possible. And, and like, if you can be both, then good. But that doesn't even necessarily mean that it's going to work out. Yeah. So, and the other side, man, I think like you, you've got to understand or be self aware of, you know, are you actually good enough to yeah. do it? Um, you know, I, I don't like, do you have the vision I, I hate to for say it? that? right like like i that's that's the thing like i didn't i'm still not sure if i'm good enough and here i am four years in with two kids and a wife paying bills with it and it's like 
I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's, it's just a weird thing, man, because I've, I've grown and I don't have a real answer for it. And there's no, there's no like blueprint to making it right. Yeah. So it's just, it's different. And I encourage anybody to do it if they feel like they can, but I also want to send like, like a word of caution. Like if don't do it, if you can't, Yeah. don't, you know, if you can't see yourself doing it for the rest of your life, or if you don't understand, um, how to grow it, I guess, yeah. like, like just be careful yeah. because I've, I've had to learn on my feet. Like I said, nobody around here does this. And there's a lot of photographers around here, like local, you know, like, let me take your senior pictures, Yeah, yeah. but that's not yeah. me. You know, I don't, I don't, I've done one wedding in my life and it was, you know, Cal Ness, he's from Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, I photographed his wedding. That's the only wedding I've ever done like alone I've second shot I've been a second shooter for people but like that's not I just don't do that kind of yeah. stuff I, I don't I don't want a girl to beat me up because I, I did a wedding she thought she was gonna do <laughs> yeah you know because I mean I would they, she would probably whoop me um but I just I don't know like I'm I'm strictly outdoor and, and nobody around here does it that's a win for me because yeah. I, there's literally like there's a few people around but like freelance or whatever like yeah i have no competition locally um so i attribute a lot of that to my success my location is part of is really for everything in, in the in the industry in my platform like there's not many folks in this area that's doing it so uh, if you live somewhere that's that's super competitive and you've got a lot of people around you that are doing the same thing yeah. you better you know tighten your belt up and, you know put your big boy pants on because it's, it's going to get interesting for you pretty quick. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cause I mean, yeah. Like you look at all the younger guys that are trying to get into it. And like, yeah. if you just like you're saying, like if you don't see yourself doing it in the future and you're just trying to do it now, because you think it would be sweet to get into a hunting industry or whatever it is. Yep. Like you better, like if you're going to do it, like go for it. Don't just like half-ass it. Yes. You, and you can't, dude. Like, yeah. I, the only reason I quit my job to do it was because, one, my wife said, hey, it's okay if you do it. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure if you're married <laughs> that you get her permission, too, or his, if you're a girl trying to do it. Yeah. Because, like, that was a lifestyle change for us. Like, I went oh, yeah. from making not a lot of money to a whole lot less money. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for the first two and a half, three years, like, it, it, was, a, it, it was a kick in the nut, dude. Like, yeah. just to be transparent about it. like it, it sucked and like we're last year we started kind of seeing light into the tunnel this year we're definitely seeing it and you know if, if you're just trying to do it fun do it while you're young like you're you're 20 so like you can do it at 20 right yeah. like but when you get older like you need to figure out is it is it even a good idea yeah um because you could put more than just you in a bond and, and you don't want to do that because the real world, it, it sucks if you're not ready for it. Yeah. You know? Oh, absolutely. Uh, so it was, it was interesting, man. And I mean, dude, I, I just decided I quit my job and dropped a client when I was, I wasn't at the railroad when we got pregnant with Gage for you, was I? Yeah. So found, yeah. So I dropped a client and then was decided to drop a client came home from a dove hunt in texas incredible weekend in texas like loved it yeah and my wife's like hey 
me or have like, you know, she tried to surprise me, you know, and our first, so the first time she she got pregnant, like my son, Dre, his announcement went viral, like million, two million views on 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 Facebook kind of deal. Oh, wow. And yeah, it was cool. Like I'll have to, I'll try to find it if I can, but, um, and show it to you, but like did that. And then she tried to like, we did it really low key with the second one because it was like, man, that was kind of a lot. But, um, she told me at the house and like my, I I lost all the blood in my face, almost passed out immediately, got mad, sad, frustrated and scared. Cause I was like, how do we afford this kid? And, um, you know, now it's better. I wouldn't change the world, but what I'm getting at, I'm just trying to be super transparent with anybody trying to make a leap like that. Like understand that, that, if you're if you're settled or have something going on, you're going to have to make lifestyle changes and you're going to have to make choices that suck sometimes. Yeah. Um, but make sure you've got a solid group around you that supportive and and that are there for you, because, man, it, you're going to need it. Yeah. Yeah. No. And you make a great point on like right now, like you have people that are relying on you. And then like for yep. me, like. I don't have anyone relying on me right now. So if I wanted to go do something like I'd be only letting myself down if I didn't do something that I didn't want to do or like half-ass something or whatever that is. But like for you, like you have a family and that's like what you need to focus on. Like you have bills to pay and all that kind of stuff. Like I, that's just kind of some of the things that you have to look into. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right, dude. It's like, you know, it's, it's, yeah. Uh, I'm not anybody on you, but you like pearls and like that kind of standpoint. Yeah, you're right, but it's like I don't know. I think about it a lot, and it's just like I told. I was literally like last week. I was talking to Brandy, and I was like, you know, I really don't. Now that I'm I'm in a spot where I'm like, this is what I'm going to do for a long yeah. time because I'm starting to see the success in it, and it's like never did I like I'm not like celebrating I'm not like oh yeah we made it you know I'm not doing that because I I feel like when I started like I didn't feel like I had a choice like I didn't I didn't have a choice to lose or I didn't have an option to lose um and here we are now like starting finally feel like feel what winning is like and it's like ah what's next you know and that that's just kind of how I process it um and she was like yeah like she was like it's kind of weird you don't celebrate and I was like well what is there to celebrate? Like, yeah. you know, yay, we can yeah. play our meals, you know, and we're past that. But like, she, she's like that, like, you know, big on birthdays and things like of that nature. But for me, it's like, I'm doing good. This is great. But like, we've got to keep moving forward. And yeah. um, I, I think you don't have that mentality. If you don't have the mentality of I've got to keep doing more, I've got to get better. I've got to do better. I've got to be better. Then you're going to have a really hard time growing a business as, as a photographer or a videographer or whatever kind of creative you are. Yeah. You are going backwards. Yeah. So that's, that's the gist of it. You can't sit still. There's no, there's no time. There's no, there's no time and there's no room um, Mm -hmm. to sit still. You've got to constantly be moving forward. I mean, now with technology, I mean, there's so many different things being created on, like different things you can use in the field and like just yeah being up to date and dude. learning like to use your resources like yes well, that's a dude even even like you mentioned all the people in it like yeah. like you're 20 like when i was 20 dude 
never thought I'd hold a camera. Yeah. Ever. Like, thought, and I'll be just another transparent statement. I thought if you were a dude with a camera that you like dudes. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I did. And, now, hey, look, I'm not knocking that. Like, yeah. do you, but, like, at the end of the day, that's what I thought. I, yeah. That was a stereotype in a small town. That's what we thought people were. And, yeah. Um, it's not, you know, I, I liked it. I loved, like, the look of it, but I, I appreciated it. Yeah. But I was like, that's not for me. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm supposed to go be a personal trainer, which is what I was in school for, okay. for a minute. And then it's like, or I'm supposed to get my hands dirty with something because I'm a man. Yeah. And, and here I am holding a camera yeah. <laughs> in a field now. You know, it's just things have changed. And, um, but, yeah, dude, like, people that are 20 to 25 and, and that group right there, dude, they're hungry because they want a piece of it. Yeah. And, and that's and I'm happy to see that because that that means that like this industry is going to keep rolling. Um, and I think the scary part was when I got in, like I talked to a lot of people, but a lot of the older guys that were in it, they weren't really helpful. You know, mm-hmm. from the people that are in the industry that I'm doing, they would give like really vague answers to a lot of things, and uh, which is fine. You know, I get it, but like I think there's a world now where there's enough digital work going around that people that are in my position and doing way better than I am, they're in a place where they can be open and be honest and, and give straight answers to, to the younger guys that are doing it because it's sink or swim in that world. And if you tread water long enough, you're going to drown. Yeah. Uh, so I think there's a, there's a place for people that, are, that have that experience and have seen success to give advice to younger guys and be like, Hey, you know, I can help you. Yeah. And I, I just think it would be a lot better place. There's enough, there's enough work for everybody. If everybody does, like I said, if everybody does what they do and don't worry about what somebody else is doing. There's enough work for everybody to go around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong about that. There's definitely enough people out there looking in the industry right now. I mean, you look at the hunting industry and like people's website designs or people's social media accounts or whatever it is. Like there's a lack of like, being modernized and that's like what the hunting industry is now starting to gain more of and i feel like that allows more work for people which is why the so many people are trying to get into it right now yeah i mean you can you can guard the pile you want but at the end of the day if you spend too much time guarding your pile somebody's going to come you know come out from under you and get another one yeah but i don't know man like you know closed hands can't can't get new stuff or can't get more money, but or clinch. I don't know what the phrase is right now, but uh, but you know what I'm getting at. Like, yeah. man, you try to hold on to something too long, you're going to miss the opportunity because you're holding on to something else, and then you're going to get passed up because there's people that are willing to do more. And why not help the people beside you and around you, man? Like, it doesn't hurt. Yeah, it doesn't hurt at all. So that's that's kind of where I come. I've been that way even before I was like even before I had any room to even give any advice. And I still don't feel like I should be giving advice to a lot of people, but um, just because I feel like I'm still shallow in that world. Right. Mm. Um, But, but like, if I can help like anybody, I'll give advice and I'll tell them up front, like, Hey, don't take it for the gospel, but here's what worked for me. And yeah, I'd love to help you kind of, you know, gain a step. And I just, I think it's the right thing to do, man. And, and, Maybe I don't speak for everybody, but that's how I feel. Yeah. No, absolutely. And there's so many people in the hunting industry that are willing to help um, to a cent. Like, I feel like yeah. there's just 
there's good people. I mean, everywhere yes. you go. I, there is. It's it's really awesome to be able to reach out to people. Now with social media, you can reach out to anybody and ask questions. Yeah. Dude, I think that's a big thing. I'm such a fan of social media on that side. Um, I wouldn't have – I would have less than half the friends I have now if it wasn't for social media. Yeah. 100%. I, I wouldn't be able to do this if I didn't have social media. No, dude. Neither would I. Like, you wouldn't know who I was. I yeah. wouldn't know who I mean. Like it, it's, it's a cool thing. Yeah. No, and then just be able to, like, I mean, create friendships and see different parts of the country and go visit places and go hunt different spots. And I mean, it's just really, really something different. Dude, I, I enjoy it. And I've, I've, I've talked to people. When I met Joey and Calvin from Midwest, like they came to Louisiana and filmed yeah. um, a few year, several years ago. And, and then again, a couple of years ago. And we talked about the social media aspect of things. And we were like, you know, such a like, I don't know, such, it's kind of like a fake thing because it's digital. You know, you were raised, don't talk to strangers on the Internet or, yeah. or whatever. And now you're like, yeah, come down, stay at my house for a few <laughs> days and bring your gun. Yeah. You know, so it's just. <laughs> It, things have changed, man, and and like, it's just a different world. And but I'm a fan of social media in that aspect. And honestly, all of them, minus the, the you know the way people compare themselves. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I love it, dude. And I I don't think the only thing I would change is that I understood some of the newer things coming out that'll come with time. But um, it moves so fast, and I'm surprised that Instagram is still a thing. To be honest with you, yeah. Oh, no, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I remember when Instagram was like, you would just post and then you'd write like a bio about like what yeah. you were doing in that scenario. And then yeah. now it's like you're posting like different things and writing different captions or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Like now they have stories yeah. and all that kind of fun stuff. I love it, man. I tell you. So when I was growing up, we had AIM, AIM. Um, AOL yep. Instant Messenger. Yep. We did that, and then Zanga came out, um, and then it was MySpace, mm. and then after MySpace, it was Facebook, but Facebook, you had to have a college email address when it first came out, ah. so I was pumped because it came out the year I was graduating, so as soon as I got my college email address, I got a Facebook, Yeah, and you know, then a few years went by, and it was like, oh, anybody can get on Facebook if they're a certain age, Yeah, and um then Instagram came out in like 2010, 2011, and here we are, 2021, still still rolling strong. Yeah. Um, and it's just surprising, you know. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe it'll stay around longer, but it's wild how fast it moves. And I w I wouldn't be surprised if it was over, you know, in five to seven years, if Instagram was like the old people platform again. You yeah. know. Yeah. Oh, I'm with you on that because I mean, you see, like you're saying, you see the trends of what happens here, what happens there, and then something new comes up, and then yeah, everyone just switches to that. And so, they yeah. Do, it's so fast, and people thought Snapchat was it, but then Snapchat's basically just a, a Twitter for conversation in between two people that yeah. goes away. Yeah. And then, um, you know, then you've got TikTok, which was going to take the crown, and I think has as far as, as far as that goes, but Instagram came out with Reels, and it's like, ah, oh, here's our version of it. Yeah. And and there's so many more things that are down the pipe, but you know, I don't know what's what's next. I don't guess, but thankful for Instagram for now. Yeah. You know? Oh, absolutely. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Like you said, five, seven years. I could definitely see that as kind of when when Instagram yeah. would wrap things up and then whatever the next thing is for that. It's going to have to be, man. Something's got to change. Yeah. But no, yeah. And then, I mean, TikTok, yeah. Like people love to post on that. But I mean, if you're in the hunting industry, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough, man. I mean, it's there's ways around it, you know, yeah. but but it's but you lose there's ways around it the only issue with it is like you're not posting what you want to post and yeah. you're 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 dancing around the red tape and you know it works and you can grow your platform but but you're you're always you're always given about 80% you know yeah. you're not ever able to show all of it and that yeah. kind of sucks yeah cuz i mean i'll watch like people's like short clips or whatever for hunting but like you can't show everything that you'd want to yeah you gotta because, cut it before the shot yeah can't put a dead bird in there yep it's dumb it's dumb but that's just how things are going i guess Something yeah, needs part of it, yeah i agree with that something's gotta happen. and that's the thing like and then everybody tries the hunters try to create their own kind of platform and they try to do their own kind of thing i don't know what the other ones were but there's a couple of them that were going around that was the next thing but for hunters and at the end of the day, dude, there's not enough people. Like, that's what people don't understand. Like, the hunting industry and the people involved is a very small thing. Yeah. And there's not enough that are that are going to go to a new platform that, that can – if every one of them did it, yes. But there's not enough that are active on, on social media that, that are going to support an entirely new platform. Yeah. Like, just not going to happen. No. So, you just got to figure out how to make the best of what you have, you know? Oh, exactly. Yeah. Cause yeah, I mean, you'll see different apps come up. Uh, what was I'm trying to think of the one that uh, came out here? I might, might have seen it on my um, phone. But yeah. No, they had a one where you can like post up whatever you want. Like, and they yeah. just tried to make it like a Instagram or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I had it. I downloaded it. Like, yeah. and I had like four posts on it. And then I was like, this is dumb. Yeah. You get like five five people that view your posts or whatever. Yeah. And it's yeah. just like, why am I still posting on this? I'm not even like yeah. getting anywhere. It feels on it. pointless, dude. Yeah. Well, you know, and I'll go back to Instagram in 2011. I'm, I went all the way back to like my first post a while back and had no likes. Yeah. None. <laughs> but I kept posting because I know a lot of people that were on it. And yeah. Um, eventually it, you know, it grew pretty quick, but like on the other side of the, 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 the deal with the hunting stuff, you can tell that it's just, not there's not a lot of money that goes into creating the app or that that platform and aesthetically you just don't even want to be on it because it's hard to look at yeah. you know so that that's another thing if somebody could come out with a cool platform that for hunters by hunters whatever you, phrase you want to use that that looked good yeah it might change some things maybe I, I don't know i mean aesthetics have as much to do with anything as anything else does so Start with how it looks and then, you know, make sure it functions well and it'll grow. But you got to make sure you got enough money to pump into it because the hunting industry is not big enough to do it if not everybody jumps in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'd really have to have everybody in the hunting industry to like make an impact. If, yeah. Uh, you, you have to have a lot. Yeah. You have to have a lot, not just a few influencers saying, hey, join this page. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Because, I mean, if you have a few influencers to say it, then, I mean, only probably, I don't know, 5% of their viewers would probably actually go look at it, 10% maybe. 
like not a lot something like a small number like that where it's just like okay if i saw somebody post about it i'd be like oh like, i'll go check it out but then i'll probably delete it the next day because it's not yeah. like as cool as like you think it would be yeah but, it's not it's really not yeah dude well kind of wrapping up on time here because uh this is where people usually quit listening in but um <laughs> No, but we we that was awesome, dude. I appreciate you jumping on. Like we covered the map on everything. Yeah, I'm sorry that it was so scattered. I I planned on being done with everything by the time it started. And then it was like, oh no, you there's still some things we've got to take care of. So yeah. Um, but I enjoyed it, and thank you for thinking of me and having me. I um I don't know, man. I enjoyed it. I appreciate it, and yeah. it was fun. I didn't know what I didn't know what we were going to talk about, but I think we did cover it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We uh. We roped it up for sure. And then hopefully if I'm in Texas, when you're around there, I can come uh, go grab like a beer or something. Yeah. Let me know, dude. I'll, uh, we'll figure something out. I'm, yeah. I'm in, I'm just North of Dallas in Wichita Falls and it'll be a uh, few weeks before Christmas and okay. then two weeks after New Year's. Like yeah. I'll, those, those are the days I'll be there for the most part. Yeah. Well, absolutely. So just dude. let me know. Yeah. Well, you have a good one, dude. And I appreciate it once again. Yeah, dude. Thank you. Yeah. All right, brother. I'll talk to you later. Later, dude. Bye. And that wraps things up today with Wade Shoemaker on living the guide life. It was a super treat to get to discuss with him everything, content creation, everything hunting, and some really funny stories in there that I hope you guys really like because I, uh, it was surely a pleasure to get to chat with him a little bit i've uh followed him around um on social media for a while now and really cool to hear more of his story on everything about life and what he's got going on and some of the plans he's got coming for the future and uh with different companies and different stuff like that so it's gonna be really awesome to watch and see what he has coming along within the next few years so keep an eye out on him and You guys have a great week. Great weekend, I should say.